There's no denying that blockchain technology has been particularly interesting in the mainstream thanks to cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. But the blockchain technology that underpins these cryptocurrencies has the possibility to impact our world on a far more dramatic scale. And in today's episode, we speak with Chris Georgian, founder and managing director of Topple, a company empowering corporations, startups, and nonprofits to unlock the value of their positive global impact using blockchain technology. In this episode, we discuss how Topple began, the story behind the name Topple, and how the company is using blockchain technology to track and verify conflict-free diamonds, fair wage coffee and chocolates, and issue and secure nature-based carbon credits. You'll also hear what Chris is particularly excited about when it comes to the potential of blockchain technology and how he believes it will impact our society in the future. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks for all this, Sam. So my name is Chris Georgian. I've been in the Web3 space in, in one form or another going on about 10, 11 years now. First got involved in 2012. Topple is the, the second crypto, second Web3 venture I've been engaged with personally. So I'm one of its two co-founders and I act as our managing director, really meaning that I oversee the strategic vision. I oversee a lot of things to do with our tokenomics and the new verticals and the new use cases that we are constantly exploring and constantly working to build out. What Topple is, at least the the short version, we are a a new and a modular, depending on your definition, either layer zero or layer one, that is focused around impact and emerging markets. So we've really built a new blockchain protocol, effectively from scratch to do everything from powering the next generation of carbon markets to powering uh, global supply chains, especially those supply chains that um, affect or originate in the global south or in you know disenfranchised rural communities. So you know that's everything from from coffee to conflict-free diamonds to really all sorts of agricultural products. And then we're starting to play in the financial inclusion space as well. But again, all through this idea of how would you optimize, how would you build a blockchain for for positive impact? Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It seems like you folks are doing some really interesting stuff in the space of sustainability and uh, inclusion growth. And um, yeah, I'm super happy to or excited really to talk about this. But before we get into anything else, I would love to know, like, how did Topple begin? Yeah, so so Topple began really in the in the tail end, actually, of of the previous Web3 venture that I had founded. Previously, I was more involved on like the fintech side of the Web3 space. We were doing retail payments for local businesses, food trucks, coffee shops, things like that. We had been building out on the Ethereum blockchain. And, and through that process, I learned, I think, two very important lessons that really then went into the founding of Topple. The first lesson was when technology is as new, when technology is complicated as blockchain, it can be really difficult to build on top of something that might not have your priorities in mind. So Ethereum, for all its great use cases, especially early on, fast retail payments definitely, you know, did not really crack the top 20 things that I think the the core development teams were thinking about. So having that alignment was was a bit of a challenge. And then the other thing I learned is there are a lot of blockchain web3 use cases that are they're kind of neat they're kind of fun uh people will be like oh that's cool but they're not necessarily all that valuable 
Uh, and those are the two lessons that I took away from my first venture and really brought into Topple. But the way that Topple got brought into a lot of these sustainability conversations, the way I got brought into these conversations is I was fortunate enough to have some pretty good contacts in the development finance and the sustainable finance space. So when different development banks or when the World Bank or when the UN was starting to kick off some of these working groups from probably about 2015 to 2017, looking at bringing new technologies into their processes, I was lucky enough to be brought in as one of the blockchain experts. And I was almost always able to answer like in the affirmative that yes, blockchain technology is a is a good tool for some of the problems that you're identifying. The question then that I wasn't able to answer is, well, okay, which blockchain should we be using for this? And trying to answer that question is, is where Topple came from. So we got started slowly in 2017, 2018. We raised our first funding in 2019 and then really started to accelerate and, and build out the team. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on all the success you've seen uh, up until now. And it's cool to see that you previously did something else which led on to this. We see that a lot with the startups that we speak to here where they'll go into one thing and then it has like a domino effect into going into something else. So um, it's cool. It's crazy how those things can just lead on from one to another. But before we go, go any further, I do really want to know, like, where did the name Topple come from? What's the story behind that? Because like for our listeners, if they're unfamiliar, it's like T-O-P-L. So it's like not a very conventional way of uh, just saying topple, I guess, or spelling it. Yeah. So one one of my uh, one of my degrees, one of my fields of uh, fields of study was in mathematics back when I was uh, over at university. And there's this field of mathematics known as topology. It has some relevance in in material science and physics as well. But topology as a field kind of relates to how things are interconnected or how systems can communicate to each other or how you can move information from, from like point A to point B. There's materials that you can create that are topological. There's, again, like a whole branch of mathematics called topology. And since blockchains are really all about how we connect things or how we think about reshaping systems from a centralized way of being to a distributed or eventually decentralized way of being, we thought there was a lot of relevance there. And we've kind of always fancied ourselves as a little bit nerdy, a little bit quirky, and we wanted to to pull on some fun ideas, some more core ideas to the blockchain movement as we were uh, picking a name for, for our company. And then the other piece of it was we really liked the idea of that playfulness of toppling over existing systems, toppling over the way things have always been done, you know, just through this lens of generally being disruptive. And then what we did is we just did, I think like a lot of startups do, we figured out a way to to shorten the word, drop some vowels and spell it in a somewhat unique way to, to turn it into a startup name. Yeah, I definitely get the startup name vibe from that. I can see that immediately. And you know what? I'm so pleased that you said that last part because that's exactly what I interpreted it from it. When I see Topple, I think of like, um, and certainly in the perspective or like in the, from the perspective of what you're doing, uh, the first thing that came to mind is like, I assumed like to topple a regime or to topple or to mm -hmm. overthrow something which is uh, currently in place, which maybe is uh, somewhat corrupt or undesirable. So uh, personally, I can say that like this, this underlying message, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't get the mathematics part, but <laughs> that's not a speciality of mine. So I'm not too, too fussed about that. But yeah, definitely the second part, it like really resonated with me. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, just that idea of like being able to have dual meanings, have dual explanations for it uh, really just made it a winner for us as we were, uh, you know, going through dozens and dozens of different name iterations, uh, actually over one Christmas holiday a couple of years ago. That's awesome. Uh, well, um, I, I love what you decided there. And um, to get more into the discussion that I really wanted to speak about today, sustainability and inclusive growth uh, through new economic systems. I did actually see that previously in an interview with Authority Magazine that you've been taking some like big steps in this space. You've already mentioned that on the show. And I think you mentioned a few of them already earlier today in this call. But like, for example, I know you're using uh, blockchain technology to track and verify conflict-free diamonds and fair wage coffee and chocolates alongside issuing and securing nature-based carbon credits. Can you share how Topol is doing this and perhaps other examples that highlight the work that you're doing in this space? Yeah, absolutely. So the way that we think about, you know, really picking the problems that that we want to tackle or picking the problems that we think our technology is well suited to, we really look at it through this lens of where is there a lack of trust? Where is there a need for transparency? Or where is there the potential to create a new, more liquid um, and just kind of more open and broad reaching market than, than exists today? Because to us, those are really the the qualifiers or those are really the things that you need to look for if you're going to try to implement blockchain technology. You know, there's obviously so much hype in the space, so much excitement. But unfortunately, that also means there's a lot of, you know, not great adaptations of the technology or, you know, a fair number of use cases where, well, yes, you could do that with blockchain technology, but you don't really need to. Um, and so that was that sort of thinking is really what pushed us in the direction of supply chains first. And the way that we think about implementing along some of these supply chains is we ask the question, what type of data do we need to gather? And therefore, what is the best way to gather that information? Once we have that question answered, we know what sort of partnerships we need in order to, to implement these things. So, for example, in a lot of the agriculture work that we do, and this ranges from everything, um, coffee, chocolates, tea, spices, a number of other, you know, just high value agricultural commodities, there's a lot of interest in what wages are farmers being paid. And since that's really the like the core piece of data or the core question that needs to be answered, needs to be proven out, and then ultimately needs to be relayed um, in a verifiable manner to buyers and consumers, we say, all right, well, let's go find a group that can develop a mobile application that farmers will actually be able to use or develop just kind of a, like an SMS protocol where the the technology just pings out and says, is this, is this the price that you were actually paid for it? So, you know, the shipment would get logged in the system or something like that. And then a farmer would just be asked through, uh, again, something as simple as an SMS, was this you that made the transaction? And is this the price that you were paid for it? And so when we're thinking about some of that stuff, we think SMS and we think simplest technology that you can use to get it into the hands of rural communities. At other times, we're thinking through Internet of Things integrations. So when we are doing some of our diamond work, we partnered with about 30 mines in South Africa and a number of jewelers actually here in Texas. And for that project, it was all about integrating the technology with all of the big industrial machinery that's already involved in the diamond uh, the diamond mining process. So we're able to get 
pictures, we're able to get like snapshots of data directly from the mine site. So we can pull that data out and actually be able to share that halfway around the world, halfway around, um, you know, from one continent to another. Those that's how we think about some of these supply chain use cases. Beyond that, we've started to get involved actually with sustainable timber. And as we're thinking through some of those projects, it actually weeds very naturally into some of the things that we're doing in the carbon space. And this real cool idea of almost like intersectionality between different use cases where we're starting to track sustainable timber and its usage. And then because that timber is sustainably harvested, because it's being then replanted, you know, those forests are being regrown, you're actually able to start treating the buildings that use that timber almost as carbon sinks. So you've got the supply chain integration on one side, and then you're using that data to be able to actually tie carbon credits to the existence of these new buildings, for example. And those are some of the areas that we think blockchain technology can be really excited, where you're like starting in one vertical or one use case, and then you're repurposing that data into an entirely different use case, supply chain all the way through to, to minting carbon credits. That's awesome. And it's so wonderful to see like this technology be used in such a positive sense. And it's not just for like just diamonds, as you said, but also lumber. And it, it seems like such a versatile technology that can be used in so many spaces. And I'd really like to know, like even beyond sustainability, what excites you the most when you think of the impact blockchain technology will have on our future as a society? Oh, you know, there, there's so many different things there. One, one thing that we're already thinking a lot about and actually onboarding a number of partners for is this idea that we have of trying to generalize carbon credits. So, you know, despite the fact that in the in the global scale of things, you know, the several billion or the couple of billion dollars that exist in like the voluntary carbon markets, still not that enormous, you know, compared to a lot of our other financial instruments that exist in the world. But, you know, it's growing. People understand the idea of carbon credits. And I think in a lot of ways, it is you know, a, a huge success story when we think of impact-focused financing and just this idea of financial innovation to have a form of positive impact. And what we're trying to do is we're asking the question of, can you generalize that idea of a carbon credit, like a unit of carbon that you can create a market around, you can buy and sell, you can claim, you can retire, all of these things that you can do with a carbon credit. Can you also do that for other areas of positive impact? And we said, hey, let's go bring on partners. Uh, we tried to get as many partners as we can to represent, you know, basically all 17 UN SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, This just use as a rough heuristic. And we brought in those partners and we said, all right, how are you thinking about impact? And is there a way that we can turn that impact into a token? And then we can create a market around that, uh, around that token. Because as I was exposed to, and Sam, you might have a very similar experience, as I was exposed to the impact and the sustainable financing space, this idea of sustainability, not sustainability in uh, from like a planet perspective, but sustainability from an economic perspective was really one of the big things that everyone is really focused on. How can I break free from that cycle of philanthropic donations and needing to raise fresh money every year? How can we think through like new financial innovations to make these like, again, this impact financing, the sustainable financing, like literally just self-reinforcing, self-growing and create a flywheel around it. Um, 
And this idea of new markets, we think is perfect for uh, for the technology we're building. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, it certainly sounds very promising. And I look forward to seeing what you develop in this space. And I know that you kind of touched on your your future intentions there with securing partners. But that aside, what is on the horizon for you folks? Like what's a top priority for Topple in the next like six months, a year, five years? What's the plan look like for you? <laughs> so this is probably going to be Topple's most exciting year to date. And, you know, quite quite honestly, maybe it's most exciting year, even in its history going forward. A, a big milestone for any blockchain project is when it chooses to decentralize or when it chooses to, you know, turn over its governance, turn over its its vision to the community that it has been building. Because um, we've always fallen into the school of thought that says, if you're really going to get the value and, you know, the true promise of blockchain technology, you need to treat everything about yourself in a way that is decentralized, treat everything about yourself as being inclusive. And that, you know, very much includes the the economic interests of the project as well as the decision-making interests of the project. And so this will be the year that Topple actually goes through that process and we kind of transform ourselves from this, you know, very traditional looking company that's doing very exciting things technologically into something that is going to have decentralized governance is going to be something that is like truly community forward in how our vision is set, how we're governed, how um, decisions get made, how incentives play out. So this will be the year of our decentralization event. Some people call it a, a TGE or a token generation event because, you know, you do the governance, you do the economics just, you know, through tokens. Usually that's how we do things in the blockchain space. But that's uh, that's the big thing for us this year, which we are incredibly excited about. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a big lift. It's going to involve, you know, internal things, external things, but uh, it's quite exciting. And we think we've got some pretty novel ideas to really make sure that when we do that transformation, it is as inclusive and as community forward as one can possibly be. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, I love your inspiration and enthusiasm for 2023 and I'm, I'm really rooting for you folks and i hope that you're able to expand on the work that you're doing and if people are interested yeah no, no problem and if people are interested in um uh, keeping up with you folks or reaching out to you what's the best way for them to reach out to you potentially chris or just keep up in general with the work topple's doing so our two most active channels, uh, we're doing a lot on on Twitter, kind of just as a way to coordinate the community. But where all these conversations are are happening and where we are, you know, soliciting things from the community is we have a Discord, and that is, you know, where we are finding new projects, answering questions, uh, you know, bringing people in to say, hey, we've got this new idea. What does everyone think about it? So we'll share those links, uh, so you can share them as well. But uh. Twitter, I'm on there, the company's on there, and then our Discord as well, and we'll share those links. Fantastic. Yes, there'll be those links within the show notes, so you'll be able to find them there. But otherwise, Chris, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a real pleasure learning about the work that you folks are doing, and I sincerely hope that you're able to expand, keep growing, and just do more good in the world. Thanks for having me on, Sam. I appreciate it. Growing a company has many hurdles, from securing funding to expanding your business capabilities to ranking better on search. Each business challenge is uniquely complex. The solution to these challenges is growth-focused digital PR and marketing. 
And that is where our sponsor, Publicize, comes in. Publicize sets itself apart from traditional PR companies. It does not charge large retainers or churns out press releases, whether you've got a newsworthy announcement or not. Publicize builds businesses' online presence and gets high-quality PR and media coverage for startups and entrepreneurs who are priced out of a broken PR industry. What's more, listeners of Brainspike Back can find the tools and resources they need to overcome common hurdles that many startups face when trying to generate long-term growth by visiting publicize.co slash bbb. That's publicize.co slash bbb. That is it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. I hope you've learned something. And if you have benefited from today's episode, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast as these reviews really help us grow the show. You can also follow us wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Just search Brainspike back and you will find us. We hope you join us for more episodes in the future. And until then, take care.